Oh my goodness, you guys, Jillian Johnsrud just wrote a fantastic book, Fire the Haters. I loved everything about this book and I cannot wait for you to meet her next. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, help, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. I will be your teacher, your instructor, your friend in this process. My name is Jillian Johnsrud, and my financial story is that growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, but I very quickly realized that money can give you options and it can give you freedom and it can give you choices. And I desperately wanted more of those choices in my life. So when my husband and I got married, unfortunately we had $55,000 of debt, not ideal. And we didn't really have high income. So I bought my very first personal finance book, we started figuring out how to budget. We started figuring out how to pay off all of this debt. And one of the key, like probably most high leverage things we did was we sat down every month and we talked about our money. Now we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't really have a great plan. We had some of the pieces in place, but even with the little bit that we knew, having that one hour meeting every month, talking about our spending, talking about our budget, talking about how we're gonna pay off debt, how we're going to build an emergency fund, and eventually how we were gonna start investing was what helped us make forward progress. And it's something that I find true for everyone. Everyone who eventually becomes financially independent or builds financial freedom, becomes a millionaire, has this, this habit of once a month they sit down by themselves or with their partner and they review their finances. They spend time with their money. And consistently I find in my coaching, people who aren't doing well with their money they almost never spend time with their money. They don't have this money date because it gives them so much anxiety, so they avoid it. And by avoiding it, it tends to just carry forward that anxiety. So when I was 19, I really got interested in personal finance. And over the next few years, I read every book that you could read about it. I took classes about it. Then by the time I was 24, we hit our first $100,000 invested. We were debt-free. And my friends started to be really interested in this as well. So I started coaching friends and I found, you know, sometimes they knew a couple things, but there were these missing pieces um, of their, their finances that just caused them to not feel confident in their money, to not really feel like they had a plan or that that plan was taking them where they want to go. I started speaking on it and teaching, giving talks to different groups about personal finance. And then by the time I was 32, me and my husband became financially independent, which means that our investments, our rentals, our pension, all of that could cover our expenses for the rest of our lives. And working became something that we wanted to do as it fit into our lifestyle versus something we had to do to pay the bills. And that's when I started to write about personal finance on my website and kind of grew this audience of people who wanted to feel confident with their money and wanted to be able to use that money to build a more meaningful and enjoyable life. And that is my goal for this course, so you can feel confident and clear in your money plan because once you have this money thing figured out, it's so much easier to build a meaningful and enjoyable life. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's show. I am so excited to have the Jillian Johnsrud, who is a fantastic individual getting ready to announce her launching of her, of her book. But I want to talk about everything, Jillian, and welcome to our show. Jillian, there you are. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. This is I, awesome. I'm so excited to get to know you this morning. Your book is like I shared before we started, something that I truly resonated with substantially because I can think of so many examples and I'm so ready to get into the nitty gritty about Fire the Haters. What a great title, by the way. But before we do, Jillian, do you mind, can we, can we go back and kind of go back in time to Jillian, maybe not necessarily Jillian the little girl, but maybe Jillian the young woman who became so many things and I was just dumbfounded on your website learning about all the things Jillian um, and I'm not even sure where is the best place to start I know that you're married you have a couple of kiddos of your own and you've even adopted I think four is what I read four children yeah. so you're, not only are you very successful in business and a coach and a podcaster and a writer and so many other things but you're also a mother which I love because I am one too and it's a quite a balancing act for all of us is it not yeah with five little kiddos at home um it it definitely shapes the the texture of my life is kind of defined by that controlled chaos i love it controlled chaos and so five little kiddos at home um so that that i maybe i had the numbers wrong but i have to applaud you because covid all i kept saying to myself was oh my gosh i'm so grateful my kids are not little anymore and yeah. i'm assuming you are homeschooling or were homeschooling quite a bit during that whole time period yeah it was it was challenging i actually started writing this book during the summer of 2020 and my kids were home and you know we didn't take them to the grocery stores or the parks were closed like they just couldn't leave the house at all and it was just all seven of us hunkered hunkered in together and me um trying to write just like on post-it notes you know right. kind of a start with what you have and that summer I had post-it notes where I could jot down like one or two ideas. And I was like, well, if that's what I've got, that's where I'll start. Hey, post-it notes, that might be the way I start. I decided I'm gonna be writing a book one of these days too. I feel so inspired by all these wonderful stories I'm hearing from fellow podcasters like yourself. What I thought was really intriguing as I learned about you, Jillian, is your real estate background and your coaching background mm -hmm. that led to you writing your book because obviously you have a lot of experience creating online content, thus your book. Mm -hmm. But the content itself, what what is the, so the audience who's listening well, can learn a little bit more from your own perspective. What is it that you coach on and what, what has gotten you to the place of um, financial freedom? Um, so kind of two, two separate answers. Maybe I'll tackle the financial freedom one first. Okay. Um, when my husband and I got married, we decided to just try to save 50% of our income. That's huge. Um, um, yeah, it it was like a random piece of advice that someone gave us. They're like, you know, you've been each living on your own income. When you get married, just keep living on one. And then that'll give you some options and some choices. And I loved the sound of that. It's something that had resonated with me because as a kid, we grew up really close to the poverty line. And uh -huh. at one point when I was about 12, um, I went to my mom and I said, you need to get a divorce like what? we can't we can't stay here this isn't healthy like it was just a really difficult marriage and a different difficult like family situation and i was like we just need to move out mm -hmm. um like i'll do whatever like i was 12 i was For like a 12 I'll get year a job. old girl that is huge maturity to be you know all of a sudden it's almost like you changed the roles with your mother and you were in a reverse role there with her yeah did she and listen she was What's that? Did well, she listen? She was a very, she is a very practical person. And she just said, Jillian, I can't afford to raise three kids on my own. And I went upstairs in my bed and I just cried hot tears into wow. my pillow. But it gave me this realization of money 
was the only reason right. that we didn't have that option. Right. And that having even a little bit more money would give us more options and more choices. And in that moment, I was like, I desperately want more options and more choices than I have right now. Like, I don't want to be in this situation again. Uh huh. And so this idea of saving 50%, even though my husband and I had like low earning career fields, right. um, I was like, yeah, let's, let's try, let's give it a go. And we eventually rolled that into real estate mm-hmm. and the stock market. Um, we bought our first house for cash and renovated it and had enough left over to buy our first rental property, which helped us buy our second re- rental property. Um, and now our rental properties make up about 30% of our passive income. That's awesome. Uh, stocks make up about 30% and my husband's military pension is the other 30. So it's it's really substantial for us. That is so cool. And you know, 50%, I work with clients all the time for 28 years now. And I don't think I've ever come across any of my clients that literally live that far beneath their means. Most people live beyond their means, as you know, and and build up debt that they then struggle to pay off because, you know, you and I both know you can't pay off a credit card bill if you're making your minimum every month. And, you know, just getting out of that hole. So I I was reading your book about the hole you found yourself in. And I thought how inspiring because at a truly young age, you found freedom that so many people wander this world looking for and they never achieve throughout their entire life because they just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. When my husband and I got married, unfortunately, he had like $10,000 of credit card debt. He had $35,000 of student loans. And actually, unbeknownst to me at the time, I had been hospitalized my senior year of high school. Oh. Um, but I had just turned like a few days into being 18. Uh-huh. And so that hospital bill was mine. Um, and I didn't know that it was still floating and out there. And that it didn't just go away? Collections. Oh. Um, no, it found me like three years later. So I had $10,000 of medical debt um, from high school that... So the first few years, that 50% just went to paying off all this debt Uh um, and getting us back to zero. But by the time I was 24, we had saved our first 100,000. And I think 100,000 is a really special number because it's just, you really start to pick up momentum. Mm -hmm. Like things get a lot more, it goes from kind of like, oh, this is really hard to kind of exciting. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, first $100,000 that anybody can claim that they have truly free and clear in saving, no debt, is amazing. I'm actually kind of curious. One of our regular sponsors of our show uh, does teach the Dave Ramsey course. She's a lender. And mm-hmm. do you follow Dave Ramsey you know, practice or is what you preach something very different than what his philosophy is? Do you happen, I, I don't even know if you know what his philosophy is, but yeah. I've heard her t- kind of talk about, you know, being debt free and having your homes free and clear and things of that nature. And I don't know, I'm in real estate. Money's cheap right now. To have all yeah. your homes free and clear yeah. to me seems like you're you're missing opportunity to leverage personally, but. Yeah, I think there's definitely some crossover in, in living below your means. I think especially, you know, credit card debt, getting that paid off, getting your student loans taken care of the the lower your fixed expenses uh-huh like those the more opportunity you have but i definitely fall in, in the camp of like a debt debt on real estate that's making you money like i don't i don't feel bad about that no not at all not with the interest rate so low but that's a whole yeah. different show altogether uh but that said Uh, You guys are, in my opinion, very young for the type of financial freedom that you have achieved. And then to turn around, and I love that you wanted to teach your friends and give back. You know, I find myself doing that constantly. So then from there, Jillian, you got to tell me. It's killing me. Ever since I've been reading your book, I need to know where did you write what that ended up on something that... (laughs) That was the catalyst for Fire the Haters because I wanted to start Googling you this morning, see if I could just find what it was that you were referring to because it was, you know, it's it was such a classic example of something really traumatic being turned into good. And quite frankly, that's what yeah. my whole show is about, turning grief into gratitude. So when you can have something so traumatic affect you so much and then comes out this beautiful book, Fire the Haters. So can you please tell me, share with me so I can go read the article? <laughs> so it was, you know, and I didn't mention it in the book because it was such, 
just so now looking back, I'm like, it was so silly. Like one, right. I should have probably predicted this would happen. Um, but it was an article about we at that time had probably a half a million dollar net worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was examining, could we afford a $30,000 wedding? You know, when we mm-hmm. got married, I was 19. We spent like 1500 bucks, maybe. Um, right. And I was kind of like, I just went through the numbers and said, here's, you know, the trade-offs we would have to make. Here's the sacrifices we would have to make, what we'd have to do in our finances. Um, but the, you know, this was a curated site and I was so excited. It was, especially when you first start like creating or doing things, you, you get these breaks and you're like, this is the big break. Yay! This is going to be it. So exciting. Everything's going to be better now. <laughs> right. Um, definitely was not that. Oh, but, but I was so excited. But, 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 but I love is how naive you were at the time. How many years ago was this? Yes. Because you've grown immensely, obviously. So like, almost seven years ago. So seven years ago, that's a huge journey from that, what you described in the beginning of your book and what was the catalyst for your book to the woman you've become now. I mean, like this is, this is what I definitely want to be focusing the rest of our episode on because I, again, I resonated with so much of what you were about. I've had the haters. I've had a, I've been told to have thick skin, you know, those, those things really hurt. And then they can definitely impede you from your growth if you allow those trolls in your head and outside of your head to beat you down it's crazy so definitely a lot of things and i and so i don't forget i'm going to scroll over real quick and jillian why for i should never allow me to run this you you sent me the best (laughs) picture of you and your wonderful family i love it i love it so cute everyday courage podcast so your podcaster yourself how long have you been podcasting um, a year and a half now. Okay. So you and I both started about the same time period, finding the courage to create online in a critical world. So that I thought was just amazing. And then I got on your Instagram this morning and I loved this post. It was so cute. I should just played the whole video for everybody else. Um, but I hope people check you out. Fire the haters, finding the courage to create online in a critical world. And it looks like you're offering some extra things to people who are following you on Instagram. Yeah, we have pre-order bonuses, mm-hmm. which will be good through um like the middle of october okay a week or two after the book releases so we have for nearly a month right now anybody watching the show because we'll be airing this next week for you anybody between now and first second week of october is going to be able to sign on to your website to receive the ebook free is that what is that what is that your promotion so after you purchase the book, I've got, uh, oh. we put together a journal for uh-huh. creatives and entrepreneurs. It's like a hundred page journal because oh. I love journaling, but sometimes I don't like a blank page. Like I like just to think through things and write notes. So uh-huh. we created kind of all these prompts and, um, and I have a free course on how to kind of create a content strategy for small business owners, for creatives, anyone who's trying to like, has a website, has a social media presence. Uh, so we have a couple a couple cool things. I'm gonna do some live trainings for everyone who pre-orders. Okay, well, sign me up because I wanna get on that small course. I definitely will be. You'll be seeing my name getting registered after this show today for sure. Um, there was a couple other things I thought were really cool as well. In your intro, praise for the haters. Of course, this is the thing that resonated to me. Hours of lost sleep, ruminating on the perfect response to the trolls and the haters. Oh my goodness, we are all so guilty of that. And then this one made me chuckle. Um, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Wow. (laughs) So I, I can just picture you seven years ago, you were so excited for your big break. Yes! typing away you're sharing you're being vulnerable you're having the courage to dare to be out there in this creative new world and i thought was super cool one what a wonderful point you made you know our parents could never teach us how to behave online yeah that was pretty thought-provoking because i'd never even i mean goodness 20 years ago um, I don't even know. I think maybe I just got a computer at my house for the first time instead of having to go up to the university to use the computer labs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. our, our parents have no clue and, and there's so many naughty people online. Why do you think that is? 
You know, I think it's it's accumulation of both things. One, we weren't raised with here's how we act online. Here's mm-hmm. what's acceptable. Here's kind of like manners online. Um, but there's something about the nature of being online and especially being anonymous yeah. um, that it gives people permission to be themselves. That's not And that good. can be an amazing thing mm-hmm. or an awful thing because in you know if you have someone who's just their outflowing is like anger and bitterness and frustration and they know they can't behave this way at work you know they know they can't behave this way with their friends oh now finally they have an outlet to you know to to be themselves to troll Um, yeah to troll on people and make them feel bad for something that they you know and i cut you off earlier i'm sorry that i did that you were so excited and then then what happened please finish telling us your story so uh the i didn't what i didn't realize at the time is that authors almost never write their titles yeah so I had a title, I had a really boring title and they changed it to something very inflammatory. And it was something like, I'm not gonna bankrupt my future for a dream wedding. Uh, and another thing that I didn't realize at the time, you know, I talk about this idea of apple cart people, mm-hmm. that there's groups of people um, sometimes that have a collective shame or a collective trauma, and they kind of can all have a really big reaction. Right. Uh, it's like you're pressing on a deep bruise right. that you might not see on the surface, mm-hmm. but it's there. And and this website was geared towards women in their 20s. And women in their 20s, um, if they've been planning a $30,000, $50,000 wedding, yeah. have been shamed about this. Yeah have yeah. been told you're wasting your money, mm-hmm. this is irresponsible, you're being a foolish kid, yeah. like you should be buying a house. Or, Squash your or dreams, all these other yeah, all these terrible yeah, emotions. And then they change the title on your article. So, which I, I, I say it all the time, and actually one of my regular guests says all the time about um, the drama, spreading the drama. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, that's how they sell. Well, I guess they don't sell papers anymore, but they get people clicking on their yeah. stuff. And, and the best way to do that is by saying things that catch attention. And usually, yep. unfortunately, in our society today, the and nice things are always... title. Yeah. And they went directly to the comment section mm-hmm. and just... <laughs> just laid into you on on me um and then people who'd read the article were like fighting with them and i was so new i did everything wrong like everything i say not to do in the book i did i tried to defend myself i tried to explain i you just gave them more ammunition i tried to like i couldn't handle like just being misunderstood which is like one of the taglines in the book like give yourself the gift of being misunderstood i and so i was i wasn't sleeping i was like binge eating i was waking up in the middle of the night with like rebuttals running through my head (laughs) and i finally emailed my friend who had been in this game a lot longer and i was like i don't know if i'm cut out for this like i don't i and then there's the self i could be a writer but like I don't think I can do this. And he went, oh, sweetie, you never read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, wait, what? what do you like, as an option? You don't read the comments. Everybody reads like, no, they don't. And that's actually a very brilliant piece of advice. And that said, I need to take a super fast commercial break. You guys stay tuned and we will be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo-Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters, so when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. 
I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Hi, my name is Rob Sell. I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multifamily units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355. Thank you, and I appreciate it, and I look forward to hearing from you. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today. 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyer's Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters, Lawyer's Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask a realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyer's Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyer's Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Okay, so now we read the comments, and the comments were not all that very nice, were they? No. Um... And it was just, it was awful. Like I, like I said, I did everything wrong. Um, and in kind of, in kind of a little bit of a gaslighting, they went through and deleted the worst of the comments. Oh boy. Um, so then those people so were probably really mad. So it just looks like very average comments and me defending. Oh gosh. <laughs> so, so like, I, I feel a little gaslighted. Like I seem a little bit extra crazy in the comments. Oh um, no. Because all the worst ones were taken Could you away, not like, delete your own? Later. So this wasn't on my site. Oh, so um, you had no way to delete anything. No. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, uh, th thank you for sharing with me because my, my curiosity, I'm sure anybody who reads your book is going to be like, what in the world did she write about that got people so mad at her? Um, and it was something so innocent and so sweet. And it came from such a wonderful place in your heart because you were struggling with the decision for your own, you know, wedding and nuptials and you didn't have the big pretty wedding that maybe you, you dreamt of like so many of us when we're young we dream of these beautiful white weddings and they aren't cheap so did oh. did that experience keep you from having that wedding um, going through that cost analysis i think just made me feel comfortable with the decisions we had made gotcha that that while we could we could have, you know, done a cash out refi. We could have pulled money out of investments. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't our biggest goal. That wasn't right. our biggest priority. And it's all about priority in your life, right? I mean, the things that we spend our money on, it, it, we're only here this one time. So let's, you know, make it the best life we can. So yeah. your priority is going to be different than somebody else's priority for sure. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of other things besides the getting punched in the mouth quote that I really loved about you and, and learning about you. And I feel like... Um, the field guide and survival manual is going to be awesome, and I cannot wait to see about that. But could you share with us what fail well means? Because that was something that caught my eye quite a bit as I was reading through, and it really resonated for us, for me tremendously. What does failing well mean? Yeah. I think there's this idea that all failure's bad or catastrophic. But the truth is we can find, like, we can go small. We can do, mm -hmm. you know, I talk about like testing and scaling. We can run these smaller tests. And then, and then in that failure, it's still, it can still be a rich opportunity mm -hmm. full of learning and growth um, and clarity. 
you know, sometimes when something doesn't work, right. it gives us that direction and that clarity of where we should be going. Um, but as long as you make sure they don't uh, destroy you, you know, in the book, I talk about the number one yeah. thing we optimize for is not not quitting. Right. So if you're, if you're setting yourself up for something that you're like, if this doesn't work, I'm done, I'm doomed. But isn't that truly That's probably the, not oh, the right thing to do? Well, but isn't that really the only way to fail is by giving up? Because most of our, us yeah. with success stories was after several failures. Nobody succeeds the first yeah. time they try anything. Not really. I mean, it, it's what makes us what, I mean, you looked back at the time at that at that submission into that site as a, probably a huge epic failure for like the short term. And then here you are years later writing a book that for people like me could really help on our own journeys because it, like yeah. the trolls, oh my gosh, I've had several trolls over the years and it does hurt and people don't realize how badly, or maybe they don't care. I don't know what, it, maybe what your thoughts yeah. are on that. Maybe it's a mixed bag of both, depending on how hurt they actually are, their own internal traumas, because they're the ones that are definitely the most um, painful. And that's the one thing that I always say when I hear of some sort of something that happened to somebody that was hurtful. And it's like, well, gosh, you know, maybe take a look at what where they're coming from. And odds yeah. are they're, they, they are who they are and did what they did because they got triggered. You know, like you were talking about yeah. all the brides, you know, it just, it's, I almost feel like we're a world full of these people walking around in a padded room, bumping into each other like bumper <laughs> cars, just hurting each other left and right until we do the work, until we yeah. do the work. Um, and, and you've done some amazing work. I love what you said, give yourself the gift of being misunderstood. I, I actually wrote that one down. I wanted to ask you about that. And you just touched on it briefly how kind it is to be clear. Now that's yeah. a concept that took some sinking in for me because yeah. not everybody understands that. Where, what do you mean by that? So can you explain why clarity is kind and honesty creates trust? Yeah, there again, I think sometimes we're in the culture of if you want to seem like a nice person, mm -hmm then you hide your preferences, you hide your feelings, you hide your boundaries, you know, you betray yourself right. to try to accommodate everyone else. Mm -hmm. And yet that honesty creates trust is that if you're not, if you're not willing to be honest with people, you're not willing to protect your relationships. True. Because all of that, you know, disappointment and frustration is going to poison. Yeah your relationships and the other person has no idea because you never gave them the opportunity to to know you know how things are and sometimes it's a yes no thing but i find more often the areas that were not clear is our conditional yeses mm -hmm. you gave a great you example know. of it in your book about your friend on the panel and and i i totally could picture that and, and then i start thinking about my own personal situations and i think that happens all the time whether it's a family member a friend a colleague you know we agree to do things all the time that we don't really want to do and then we get upset when things don't happen the way we were expecting because we made ass assumptions you know the ass in the beginning for a reason and then all of a sudden it's somebody else's fault you know like how is that yeah. fair to hold somebody else to your standard that you never told them about or the boundaries like you talk about in your book yeah. as well boundaries are so important and i had never thought about creating boundaries when it came to podcasting or online mm -hmm. content or posting or your business. Yeah, of course, we all hear about boundaries with our loved ones and our children, especially our children, my goodness. But um, when it comes to, hey, will you do something for me work-wise related to work? And to be able to be in a place where you're like, no, I'm afraid that doesn't work for me, but blah, blah, blah. You know, it, whether you choose to explain yourself or not, or just remain un, not understood, misunderstood. and. I think that is something I definitely struggle with. Why is that so hard, Jillian? You know, the part of the trouble is what works in our everyday life, mm -hmm. in like our day-to-day -day relationships, doesn't necessarily translate online. Um, so in our everyday life, if someone misunderstands you, 
you'll probably add more information. Right. You'll be like, oh, wait, no, that's not right. Like, that's it's not actually what I meant. like this. Yeah. But online, um, you know, sometimes people persist in yeah. misunderstanding you. Sometimes their intention never was to understand you. We're a friend someone who cares about you wants to understand you. Mm -hmm. They want to to know where you're coming from or why something is a the way it way. is. Mm -hmm. uh, people online don't, they don't care. No, They'll, you know, they, and that's part of the boundaries is that people will think what they want to think right. and they'll feel how they want to feel and they'll make the assumptions that they're gonna make. And that's actually none of my business. I love that. It's so true. It's none of your business what anybody yeah. else thinks about you. I say that often because I've had to tell myself that, you know, again, yeah. kind of with the whole trolls, like, well, it's really none of my business what they think of me. And it, I don't, shouldn't read the comments. And that, that was a piece of advice I'm going to definitely learn to stick to because it's hard not to. We're human. We want to be yeah. loved by everybody all the time. Yeah, internet comments aren't the place to find love. No, absolutely not the place. And then that's where you give yourself the gift of being misunderstood. And it's okay if not everybody likes you or if not everybody understands yeah. you or knows that you have a huge heart coming from a good place when maybe it almost reminds me of, you know, when you're texting with somebody and you're like, you know, I really just should pick up the phone because obviously they're not understanding me or they're not getting what I'm trying to say. But oh my goodness, the repercussions are so much worse when you're trying to create content online that's relevant to people and then all of a sudden you have a troll or a hater. I mean, goodness, I see it just on Facebook if we're posting houses for sale and somebody will go on there and be really nasty about a house that's listed and you're like, how do you even have the time to reply? You know, like, okay, so you don't like that part of town and you think it's overpriced. Okay, yeah. why? It's crazy. It, 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 you know, and oh, the one thing I want to definitely make sure, I mean, I'm going to scroll over just because I want to show this to the audience. Um, I thought this was really cool. You had some amazing quotes. The imposter syndrome. I'd never even heard about the imposter syndrome. But oh my mm -hmm. goodness, you gave some wonderful examples of Michelle Obama, Jodie Foster, and Meryl Streep with this imposter syndrome. Because if we listen to those trolls, when we listen to those haters, the self-doubt pops in. And then all of a sudden, now we have the syndrome to talk about. Can you enlighten those who don't know what I'm talking about what that is? Yeah. So I the second part of the book is about kind of the inner critic. Mm -hmm. And and that's important because all of that external criticism mm -hmm. presses on our inner critic. Absolutely. Um, you know, any doubt we have, any any thought of like, am I good enough to do this? Am I qualified enough? Like, who am I to do this? Yeah. Uh, someone will voice your greatest fear online. Yeah. And attack you with it. Like, just they'll figure it out. Just, <laughs> it will happen. Um, An imposter syndrome is this idea that like we don't belong somewhere, right. or that we're not good enough, or we're not qualified enough, or we just shouldn't. We shouldn't be there. We're an imposter and we're just pretending to, you know, to belong somewhere. And, and we might get found out. Yeah. We might get found out. Someone might say, wait, who are you to do that? Who are you to have this business? Who are you to be a boss? Who are you to buy real estate? Yeah. And well, and then we have all these trolls that actually ask us that and yes. it just solidifies those insecurities we already have floating around in our heads. So it's really, really, really important to not listen to them not let yourself like it's to allow yourself to be vulnerable still and put your content out there because you know michelle obama jodie foster meryl streep everybody knows all three of those women's names right so obviously they, none of them were imposters of any sort and i know i've been um given accolades and had those same thoughts going through my head like should i really be up on this stage right now you know it's it's yeah. it's a little unsettling and a little uncomfortable but that's that is definitely where we grow the most um Another thing that you wrote about, and I loved in your book, your summaries at the end of every chapter. It made it really easy to understand the point of the chapter and to kind of have those same bullet points driven right back in again. So we, the audience is not forgetting what your, what your intention is. And I love where you write, you are not your work. That is so huge. Again, uh, there and there was another topic, and let me see. I'm gonna scroll through because we are not our work. But please talk about that while I mess up my computer screen. Um, yeah. 
it's so difficult for people who our work is born out of our perspective, out of our good taste, out of our thoughts, ideas. You know, it feels to some degree like an extension of ourself. Mm -hmm. And the trouble with that is that it's a very problematic framework to go out in the world because your work will be misunderstood, it will be attacked, it will be criticized. Um, And if you you think that you are your work, you're the one being attacked, you're the one being criticized, Um, you're the one being misunderstood. And and in real life, if those things are happening, like, if we're attacked, we try to defend ourselves, uh, which actually isn't helpful at all online. (laughs) So, So creating the separation and, you know, I, a lot of people use the example, um, especially in creative work, that our work is like our baby. Right. It's like our child. It's not our and child. And if, if your child was attacked, you should defend it. Right. Um, so instead, I think about our work. If you ship it into the world, if it's done, if you've done, stop tinkering with it, it's fully grown. Mm-hmm. It's an adult. It's 18 uh, now. It's, it can go out on and live on its own. I can travel the world, it can have its own job, and it should be allowed to do its job in the world without you being like a helicopter parent. Right. And, you know, just like if your kid has a job, they're 26, let's say, and Uh one of their coworkers is like, says something nasty about them. Like you don't go in there and like confront the coworker and start arguing. As much as we really want to half the time, right? We want to, but you trust your grown child to like stand on their own two feet. And it's the same with our work. It's not us, it's not an extension of us. It's grown, like let it go out in the world and do what it was designed to do. Of course. Um, One thing that was another term I just found, I had to get my glasses on to actually find it in my notes, cancel. Cancel, what was it, cancel quitting? No, cancel culture. Culture. I had never heard of yeah. that until you either. Like you educated me so much. You have no idea already <laughs> this morning. So I hope everybody who's listening does get on your website and order that book and does everything that you are sharing because it's so cool. So cancel culture is explain that term because I don't want to mess it up at all. <laughs> Obviously I can't even say it right. So help me. So probably the most it's, that word, that phrase is used a lot in a lot of different contexts. I think it's been so misused that to some degree we've forgotten the what real it means. Use. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's essentially some people being upset with something you did or your work or whatever, and then tr- them trying to convince other people right, <laughs> to not follow you, not shop with you, like trying to get you fired to j- basically convince your fans to boycott you. Um, Wow. And you wonder why would somebody go out of their way to do something like that when you're just an author writing something online in the internet of a gazillion things? Like, why would somebody be so hateful to do that? But it's it's a culture. It's a cancel culture. And it seems like it happens regularly. Yeah. And some of it is some people dislike, you know, let's say you didn't do anything wrong. Um, you know, some people have so many uncomfortable emotions about mm-hmm. whatever it is that you shared or you shipped that I think in an effort to relieve their discomfort, they just want you to quit. Oh. They just want you to go away. They want you to be canceled. They want you to be banned from the internet so they never have to feel this discomfort. I again. love that. That explains so much because just like seeing you upsets them. Yes. So yep. sad. And I think we all, like we all probably have one person that we're like, can they just not be on the internet anymore? <laughs> like, you just had too much film. Form we have to fill out. And well, that's just where you sit and hit unfollow. It's that simple. You know, you yes. don't have to announce your departure. That was something else that I, I thought was very interesting, interestingly pointed out. Very, um, you're very observant, Jillian. I just adored everything I learned about you. I am loving your book. I actually gobbled it all up already. And I, I want to share before we go, because I'm huge into doing charity work and giving back. 
Um, I thought this was super cool, and I saw this on your website. For every Best Life bundle purchased, I'm donating one to people with low income. From growing up in a low-income family to becoming a millionaire, I know how powerful a money plan can be to change your entire life trajectory. I want to trans. I want that transformation to be accessible to every person. So I thought that was super cool. And that's not really just about your book. It's about what what you do for a living these days. Can you please share that with our audience before we sign off and how people can get a hold of you after our show today? Yeah, I'm at jillianjohnsford.com. Um, and so whether it's, you know, kind of financial freedom or intentional living, um, or I, I help a lot of service-based businesses, especially mm-hmm. that live online. So a lot of the learning and ideas from the book are just born out of all of these coaching calls. Right. You know, hundreds and hundreds of conversations of hearing how people are struggling with like thriving and growing their business online. And like, what's what's the hang up? What, what are the challenges, the fears, the hesitations? and how do we how do we get around it? How do we think about it differently? Yeah, and that is so huge. I, you know, as a real estate broker myself for 28 years, I have a nephew who works for me. And, you know, we have our talks, you know, I've mentored tons of agents, but he, you know, being my nephew is a little bit special to me. And he was sharing with me, and you talked about this in your book. I, I don't care whether you're an, writing a book, you're online, whatever, but if you're in sales, you're out there at all. Yeah. You know, at all. Like he, his heart was hurt because of comments and criticism and things that people he expected that would support him weren't supporting him in the way that he needed. And it was very sad and you can just see the hurt and, and he, I could hear it and I could relate to it. Yeah. And and so I think there's a lot of us that as we find any type of success, I don't. it's not just online and yeah. it's not for the world, but it, it is interesting that whole other dynamic that we live in today because people make assumptions and, and pre- prejudices mm-hmm. based off of what they see of your online content completely. Yeah. But um, you know, he was just sharing a lot of his sales recently and he was really excited and I thought that was really sad but at the same time part of maturing is it not it's I I did a whole chapter about friends and family I know you did yeah because it is so difficult those are the people that we have the highest expectations of Mm -hmm. how they'll respond of how they'll support us how they'll encourage us um but there's a lot of factors there one of them is that like the vision we have for our life and for our work and for our business, mm-hmm. not everyone has that vision. Right. Not everyone was given the exact vision we were given. And so if they don't see it, it's okay. Like yeah. it's not their job to know it. It's mm-hmm. our job to know it. It's our job to follow it. And so kind of releasing them from that. And and like all oh, for my friends and family, if anyone has a question. I will answer an honest question. Sure. Um, But sometimes we get stuck into trying to sell people on this vision of our lives and they've never asked a question. (laughs) They said, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Uh, That is not a question. That is not an ask for more information. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just made up their mind. Yeah. Um, And, and, but we just keep piling on information. We keep trying to sell this. We keep trying to like get there, hoping that they'll get give us a certain response. Yeah, well, that we, we're looking for. We want approval. We want to be loved. We're all hard, hardwired for that, right? And so when yes. our loved ones don't give us the love we're looking for, when we're putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable, it's more hurtful than the trolls we don't know. And so I appreciate yeah, that you put that I, whole chapter in there, and I'm definitely going to ask him to read that because I, I do feel like that will resonate for him. And I think we have to separate that in that we can receive love for ourselves Mm -hmm. from our family and friends, but not everybody has to be everything to us. Very you good know, point. I think I use this example in my book where we walked through this first house that we bought mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, it was horrible. It was the ugliest yeah. house that we saw. Just, I was disaster. picturing it. <laughs> my grandma was like, oh, sweetie, you're not going to make my grandson live here, are you? Um, <laughs> she doesn't have to be my real estate investing support system. Right. She doesn't have to see good deals. She doesn't have to see the opportunity. Like you can have other people in your life who support that and who give you good feedback and who give you good ideas. And so kind of letting people off the hook in that 
you don't have to understand this part of my life. You don't have to be on board with this. Like I have other people Mm -hmm. to give me that encouragement. Like me and you, we can just love each other as family, right? We can just love each other as friends. We have other stuff in common. So basically what I'm hearing you say, and maybe I'm hoping I'm interpreting this clearly enough to understand and, and regurgitate a little bit is it's because it's not their job. We do need to release them from that because we're hurting yes. ourselves essentially by looking for that from people that aren't capable for whatever reason yeah. of giving what yeah. we're looking for in that acceptance, that approval, that accolades, whatever it is. And and I, and I, you did make a great point. And sometimes they just, you know, part of, um, failing, you know, of failing to get to that success is they have to watch you on that path and they don't like to see you fail either. So that, you know, they're, they can be coming from a place from their heart, but it doesn't feel that in the moment. And again, that's where being clear with others is so huge. Oh my gosh. So Jillian, I I just have to tell you, I, I love everything that you're about. You do coaching as well. Can, before we let go, I know your website, if people want to get coached by you, they can just hop on there. Um, is there anything else that we can share before we go? Because there's just so much more to Jillian than what an hour could even accomplish. So, yeah, um, yeah, podcast, the financial course, coaching. Um, I have I have a bunch of free resources on my site. I have a bunch of free courses <clears throat> too. Um, so if you just want intentional living or personal finance or online business i've got lots of I you've love got lots creative of content. stuff so i i've got lots of creative stuff on there you are a master creator there manifester and um i know you said i can just call you jillian but i did love the whole one hour millionaire thing too so i thought that was really cool and um for your coaching i i hope people look you up and not just gobble your book like i did but go online and look for your content because there's tons of wonderful content and and i don't need to be a troll about any of it because i loved it all (laughs) well thank you you're welcome thank you so much for being with us today jillian best of luck to you on your book being released i hope it sells a ton thank you thank you so much for having me oh it's been a pleasure I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I learned so much from Jillian, and I know you will too. If you check out her book, go to her website at JillianJohnsRue.com. Links to everything that she does and that she's about is right there for you. And uh, I'm definitely personally going to be taking that class. I don't know why anybody wouldn't. It sounds phenomenal. Hope you guys enjoyed it. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, Check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. I'm on vacation every single day, every single day.